This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 100. Oh my gosh, 100 pieces of cake, 100 dreams come true, 100 days of vacation. What's not to love about 100? How about a 100th episode tell all? Ooh, how intriguing. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. Kimmy and I are so excited to celebrate our 100th episode with you today. Woohoo! We wow. recently put a call out to our Facebook group asking our community to send us their burning questions. And to make it super fun, we asked them to record their questions so we could play it here for you. Exactly. A tell all. <laughs> what did you think we all meant? <laughs> <laughs> so first up is Sabrina Kidini. She is a member of my Twitter Smarter Twitter Chat Greeter team. That's my small team that helps me greet everyone who participates in my weekly chat. She's also a life coach focusing on helping people with life work balance. So let's dive into her question. Are you ready? Here we, Here go. we go. Hi, Madeline and Cami. This is Sabrina Kadini. I'm one of your biggest fans. And I'd like to congratulate you on your 100th episode. This is so exciting. My question for you is regarding brand new Facebook groups. I'd like to know what you would suggest doing before inviting new members to join so that the group shows some type of activity and it's not a ghost town. I'm guessing a pinned post or announcement, welcoming them, giving them a feel of what to expect and a sense of the community. But then what else? Posts with links to relevant articles. If so, how many? Five, six. What about a special offer for a service or a product? Or is it considered too salesy, especially at the beginning of the relationship? What about a mini course, free of charge, of course, uh, taking advantage of the units feature as a thank you, showing the added value of being in the group? I look forward to your expert suggestions and congratulations again to both of you for your continued success. So what an awesome question from Sabrina, uh, Kami. I think that is a really good one. And I'm eager to share my two cents, eager to hear your two cents. That's what makes this episode really fun to celebrate our 100th, right? Yeah, absolutely. I loved having a conversation with our listeners. It's the best. For sure. So I've hosted, put together, run so many different types of Facebook groups. And, you know, when you're first starting out, it's really important to get people to come together, to get to know each other and uh, and lay down that foundation. And then as you build it, keep that momentum going. And 
one of the things that I like to do is get people to add a video or a photo. It's great if you can get them to do a video to introduce themselves because video is so powerful, right, Cami? I mean, nothing beats that to be able to watch a video of someone talking about themselves. It makes you feel so connected to them, but a photograph will do as well. When I did my video Rockstar Mastermind last year, I had a Facebook group for those paid course takers. And one of the things I had them do when they first started was to make a video, very brief, a minute or less, telling everybody a little bit about themselves, you know, so we all could get a feel for that person. So anytime you're doing some kind of paid program and you're bringing people together to help each other, connect with each other, I think a video is so powerful. It's such a great way to bring that closeness. It's worked so well for me every time I've gone down that route. Kimmy, have you ever done anything like that? Yeah, um, I've definitely been in a group where it's been done. I have also been in a group where they ask you just to put in a photo of yourself and talk around that. And I know some people put up one post and then ask people to answer that post with specific things as well. I think the reason that people are asking you to put a a post up, like a, a different post is because right now the algorithm is really valuing a lot of interaction in a group. And yes. so if more people are posting just besides, you know, say you or I, there's going to be more notifications that are going out. People are going to be seeing it more often. And so I think that also that helps the algorithm to have those um, posts go in, whether it be a video or whether it be a photo or something like that, not just holding it back to one thread. So that has been best practice in the past. So I just wanted to mention that because I think it's something that's changed just a little bit in the last couple of you know months. Yeah, for sure. So um, the other thing that we've done a lot is to create a challenge and do something where people have to meet a goal or get a result. And to kind of add fire to that, you can get them to get a buddy or an accountability partner from within the group or to bring somebody from outside the group to come into the group with them as an accountability partner. That works really well for unpaid groups and places where you're trying to get people to do stuff and start to get to know you better. So I think that the, um, the, the challenge, number one, and then accountability partner, number two, are really powerful together. Yeah, when I did my video Rockstar program, I encouraged everyone to to get a buddy, to like have somebody to be their accountability partner. And that was why I first had them do that video so that we can all get to know each other and then, you know, go buddy up with someone that you really felt connected to after watching the video and getting to know them. It's almost like speed dating, right? Like you need to get to learn a lot about somebody very quickly in a video. And so that can work really well. But yeah, definitely having some kind of challenge. You want people to participate in something, right? You want to get them to be active. Yeah. And it's not easy to do. So you have to think about and be very creative. Also, some people use their rules as like the first post. They'll they'll do a rules post and pin it at the top. I don't recommend you do that anymore because now also each Facebook group has its own area for your rules. So you can actually get people to agree to the rules before they ever even enter your group. Um, And I'd recommend going that route. And then those rules can live where they live, which is on the About tab, which is on the left-hand side of the page. And it also doesn't take up that really important real estate that's at the top of your page. And now in groups, they also allow you to have announcements, which is awesome because I don't know if you've ever been in a group where you're trying to find something that the uh, host put in there and you can't find it through all the other stuff. So on the left-hand side, they have an announcements tab now. So you can make the things that are really important that people need to be able to find easily as an announcement. And that makes it easier for people to find what you say, and at the same time, allow a lot of interaction. And I think that, you know, groups are getting much more organized. They're really working hard to try to make it easier for us to use them. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when you're mentioning about the rules, you know, one thing that I like to do, you know, I want to make sure those rules are kind of front and center so people do not forget what they are. So I'll typically take that and put it in the description. So not mm-hmm. only do you have your just, you know, whatever your description is of your group, but underneath that, you could post those rules. So it kind of serves as that reminder for people to just try to keep in that in their mind so they don't forget what your rules are for the group. Yeah. And we kind of went with the the basic ones. Um, Facebook mm-hmm. is really cool because they kind of give you an idea of what your rules should be. And I really think they're they're correct. And their rules are be kind and courteous, no hate speech or bullying, and no promotions or spam. And I think that's pretty pretty basic for most groups. Yeah, for sure. Now, Sabrina was asking about posts. And that is a, such a great question. I love that she asked that. And there's really no right or wrong answer. There's no magic number here. I'm sure you agree with me, Kimmy, that it's always good to lay down some foundation, right? So when you start a Facebook group, you want to go ahead and get some content in there. I will always go ahead and start putting some information, some resources, things that I know will help people to kind of get that started. So when they show up, it's not a ghost town. There's there's nothing going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really great for you to think about what value you can add with those posts. You know, like how can you add some value to it? And that kind of brings me to another question she asked about, which was about, should you do any kind of sales post right up front? And I would say on the immediate, no. Certainly, you can put sales posts in your groups as you move along. But think about, you know, when you enter a party and people welcome you or whatever, you don't want people just coming straight up to you and selling you something immediately. Um, in fact, that just happened to me yesterday. So it's kind of fresh on my mind because I was in the mall with my son looking for clothes for school. And we walked into a brand store, which I won't name. And they asked me if I had a loyalty card with them immediately upon walking in the door. And I said, no, I don't have a loyalty card. And they said, would you like to fill out an application for one right now? And I said, no, I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to buy something here yet. You know, <laughs> just give me a minute to look around. So I think that's, you should think about that, you know, give them a minute to look around. And if they see all around them, nothing but value, you know, in in another week or two or three, you might be able to throw in, you know, your next offer. But right now you want them to come in and really see what value you have to offer. Oh, for sure. And I also think it's a great idea to have a post that allows people to introduce themselves. And you and I are really big with doing this on our Mm -hmm. Communities That Convert Facebook group. We want to welcome people when they come in. We ask them to introduce themselves. It makes people feel warm, feel good, get to know each other. So I think it's important to do. And I love how now they have that new announcement feature. So like you said, we keep it at the top, keep it in front of everybody, easy to find. Uh, Love that Facebook has added that feature now. Yeah. And there's one more thing I want to say about starting a new group. And that is, you shouldn't start it by yourself. You may want to recruit a few people to be in the group that you know already that would find it of value, of course, mm-hmm. and that would be valuable to others, one of those two things, and have them be ready for your launch and actually do a little launch of the group so that you guys have some conversations going already when people walk in. So it's a lot easier for people to walk into a conversation rather than just start a conversation. Most people will not feel comfortable doing that. So those are our answers to your question. Hopefully that helps, Sabrina. So next up is Sandy Menzel. And she was also our guest on episode 67. She took some of our advice and started her own community in Savannah, Georgia, where she is now and the host of Savannah Social Media Breakfast. We're really proud of Sandy and all that she's done. And I'm really excited for you to hear her question. Hi, ladies. This is Sandy Mensel from Savannah. 
I want to congratulate you guys on reaching 100 episodes. That's awesome. My question is all about organization. I would love to hear how you guys keep it all straight. You're involved in so many things as I am, and I'm sure a lot of people are. So anything that you can help us just keep track of it all would be great. I love all the tips that you've given us like about get Toby and yeah. So anything regarding organization would be wonderful. Congratulations again, you guys on a hundred episodes and many, many more episodes to go. Thank you, Sandy, so much for that question. I'm so excited to answer this one. Um, Actually, Madeline and I totally geeked out on this question. And what we we heard is... Yeah, we did. What we heard was, what are the tools that you use to really, you know, make sure that you're keeping up with everything you need to do and and really um, being productive? And so we thought through that. We're like, what's our day? And we thought through our whole day and all of the tools that we use during the day to be productive. And these are tools we actually use on a day-to-day basis. And so we want to just, you know, kind of get those out there. I'm going to start with my planning tools. I love Get Toby. And she talked about this. Sandy talked about this in her question. So I want everybody else to know what it is too. Get Toby is a Chrome extension that you can put on Chrome that allows you to put together groups of bookmarks in a page. So you open the page and I have it open up. Being, it's, it takes over my opening page and I have everything grouped by what it does. So everything that I need for a specific client, everything I need to put together a video, everything I need to do email marketing, everything that I need to do, whatever it is that I have. And you can take these and put them together and move them around. And it's very, very helpful. I remember a time when I was having trouble remembering all the tools that I needed for a specific project. You've been there. You've heard me forget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so GitToby has totally solved that problem, hasn't it? Yes. Oh, it's such a great tool. I think that's such a neat one. So I, I'm glad that... Uh, that that's like first on the list here, gettoby.com, T-O-B-Y. So I highly recommend that. For me, one of my things that I use constantly every day, day in and day out is Trello. I have fallen in love with Trello. Kami, I know you use Asana. I used Asana way back when. And then I had tried Trello and, you know, it's a preference thing. I like Trello. They're both so similar. I always tell people when there's two very similar tools, try them both and go with the one that works for you, that you feel comfortable using. Trello makes everything work so much better in my business. I am so hyper focused and organized since going all in on it. And it just helps me know, you know, because the thing is, when you're running a business, there's so many things you have to try to remember. And it's hard to keep track of everything. And when you have a tool like Trello or Asana that helps you organize and keep track of things, it just makes life easier. Well, and really make systems. That's what these two tools do so well is they help you to put together systems I like Asana for sure, and probably more because I have a team and I have a big team. And so it helps us to stay on the same page. But Trello is awesome. I mean, it's a, it's a neat little board and you kind of move things along as you go. Asana, you can create a board like that, but you also have a list function. So if you work better in lists, which I tend to, that's great. What's awesome is you can also replicate these boards, if you will. You can replicate the boards or the lists. So you can do the list once. And then the next time you have to do a task like that, just say, you know, make a copy of this, and then you continue moving on. So I love both of these tools. Asana, of course, is the one I prefer. But again, I've used Trello with you many times. And I, I it, this is how we run our podcast. So yeah, for sure. And it is great for teams. I, I've, I've used Asana with teams and, and I love it for that. I think it's really built for teams for sure. 
Trello works really well for teams too. And I, I, I use it for my different teams, for my different groups of people that help me with different aspects of my business. And I feel like it works great when you're using it solo, but even better when you're using it as a team. Yeah, so great. So we both still like paper. Let's just be honest. We're old school. Um, we're old school. I have fallen in love with the Full Focus Planner, which is Michael Hyatt's planner. It's fullfocusplanner.com. It's not cheap, but I love it because I love the paper. I love the way that the bookmarks are. I love the system. I love everything about it. And I know that you use still what? A day timer Woo! and a notebook. Remember those? <laughs> but, I, but I tell you, the full focus planner is very good. I did. I've taken what Michael Hyatt's program, best year ever, where he utilizes the planner and I like it. It's just hard for me to do it day to day. It, it's such mm-hmm. a commitment and it's hard. And so mm-hmm. you got to go with what works for you. And while I love it, I feel like it's a little too bulky for me because it's like a big mm-hmm. book you know, like a big hardcover book. So I use a day timer and that's more of a calendar, but it's paper, paper and pen. And so it's very, I'm very visual. So I like to have everything organized in there for my day to day. And then I use a spiral notebook. I'm using a system that a business coach I used to work with put me on. And there's so many different types of systems, you know, find something that works for you. This one's very simple. It's really her own that she developed. She calls it the 6-1 system. And basically, you get a three-subject spiral notebook. And in the first section, you call, uh, you make what you call your attention list. And these are like all the things you want to accomplish. Just write them all out, one through 100 or 200, however many, like me, hundreds of things you want to get done in your business. Mm-hmm. Each day in the section, second section, each day, you, know, you do daily in there. And then you put six items that you want to accomplish today. There's a lot more that goes into this. I'm just giving you the very basics of it. And then in the third section, you do your daily notes. So for today, I would have, you know, a sheet of paper in there that's just like making notes of things. So I tell you, Cami, this system for someone like me works really well. And I can go back and look at things and have these aha moments. And like, here's where my mind was back, you know, six months ago when I was doing A, B and C versus what I'm doing now. And it's, oh, I just love it. I just am a fan of this, but you got to find what works best for you. Right. And I'll go over um, what I do in the full focus planner and, and another question we have coming up because I think it fits better there. But absolutely, um, it's so important to have a system, guys. That's just something that you know I've had to learn the hard way. I, I hated the idea of putting myself in a box and having some sort of system, but I was not focused without it because until I got into the system, I didn't find freedom. And I'll explain that in the mindset section that we're going to talk about in a bit. But that's really important. So good. And speaking of focus... I know that both you and I have some ideas for how to focus. One that I love is called Noisily. It's a little app on the web. You don't have to have any special computers. You just go to noisily.com and you choose like rainstorm or like a coffee shop or, you know, just white noise. It's this white noise that plays behind you. So it feels like you're in an ambiance or in an environment. And for me, that's really important because if it gets really quiet, I get distracted by the quiet. I know that sounds really weird, but I need... I'm the same way. I can't have too quiet because, you know, it's just like, it feels so overwhelming and intense to me. I like having music in the background when I work. And I used to like listen to Pandora and stuff. But sometimes when you're a rocking song comes on or some lyrics you love, it can get very distracting. And so years ago, a service came out called Focus at Will. And it's focusatwill.com and at spelled out A-T. And is a super cool a site where it plays music. It's, it's like they did all this scientific studies with it of like music that helps you be productive. 
There's all different types of music. I listen to uh, the station called Alpha Chill, and there's no lyrics. It's just awesome music, and it helps me stay on track and be more productive with that nice background music. So I love using that. Yeah, that's great. I like that too, um, whenever I have a chance. But yeah, the noisily is what I use. Use uh, white noise, music, depends on what you like. But those are two for you guys to try out. Email. So email is like so overwhelming for everyone. Yes. Um, I have a couple of apps I really like to use. Um, One is called Active Inbox. It allows me to um, turn my emails into tasks, uh, schedule them on the calendar. I even can pause my email and have it come back at a different date. So I really love Active Inbox. It's really helped me to get my act together, if you will. I also like EverContact. It's evercontact.com. That's cool because it keeps my address book up to date. It magically creates new contacts and updates my existing ones. It is so cool because I don't have to like worry about where we're going with that. So I love those two tools for that. Yeah. And I just want to remind everybody, we'll have links to all of these in the show notes. Next up is communication tools. I love using Slack. Slack is a great tool to communicate with your team. It's very popular. It has a lot of great features. And I love that there's a free version that does a lot. So that's something I use very regularly. Yeah. And then Bonjuro, which is something I'm trying to do use more. I'm not using it as much as I want to, but I want to use it more. I learned that actually from our uh, mastermind group that we're in. So we had uh, some, you know, some people talking about this, but what we do is you send out a video through email to people. So it's a great way to keep connected with your contacts. So my goal is honestly, I'd like to send out about one or two Bonjouros every week. I would love to do that and make sure that I'm connecting with those people that, you know, I can't keep in touch with all the time. So I'm excited about Bonjouro as a possibility to kind of keep connected with people and build my network. It's great for when, like, let's say you have a new course and people are signing up for your course. What I've done in the past is I've connected it to Zapier. So like I go from Thinkific, somebody signs up, it contacts through Zapier, Bonjuro, I get a notification, and then I go make these on my phone and and people love them, Cami. It's such, I'm so glad you mentioned that. It's a great tool. It is. It's so great. And it's a great way to keep people like connected with you. Graphic design. Oh my goodness. If you're not a graphic designer, this is going to be great for you. And I know we've talked about this a lot. And, and if you haven't heard of canva.com yet, honestly, just stop everything right now. Go to your computer and <laughs> open up canva.com. I mean, it is like something I cannot live without. We do all of the um, show graphics for it. I use it for social media breakfast. I use it for like so many things. I've even created logos on there. Um, I put together a contact card that I need to do for my speaking gigs. And I was, you're even able to turn them into shareable templates that you can share with other people. It's so awesome. I love Canva so much. And the other one is Snagit, which both you and I love. So I'll let you talk about it. Oh, I love Snagit. So TechSmith is the company behind Snagit and Camtasia. You've probably heard of both. Snagit is when you do screen grabs or screen shares. And I'm constantly doing screen shares all the time. And so it's a great tool to do that. It allows you to do a screen share and then like maybe add some text or an arrow or highlight something so you can dress it up. You can even do short little videos. And with the new version, the Snagit 2019, you can make GIFs. I've been having so much fun making them in there. So it's a great tool. I definitely recommend you check it out. Yeah. I mean, I almost don't even realize I'm using it. I use it so much. Oh, it's always open in my computer. Yeah. Like, I never turn Me it too. off because I'm. I, I used to close it. And like, why am I closing it? I'm just going to open it back up in five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I use it all the time. So business apps, I run a business with um, employees. And so there are a lot of things that I have to keep track of. And one of the things that I had a hard time with for years was hiring. 
I really didn't feel like I could. There was a lot of paperwork involved with it. You have to tell the state and you have to pay estimated taxes and you have to pay your payroll taxes. And there was just a lot to it and it overwhelmed me. So the thought of hiring somebody just really overwhelmed me. And so I started to use Gusto a couple of years back and I love it so much, Madeline. It is like revolutionized my businesses. I hire easily. I have no trouble with contractors. It automatically does my 1099s for me every year, my W-2s. I get my workers' compensation insurance through them. You can even do health insurance through them. I'm not using them for that, but you they have a health insurance module so you can get your, your employees on health insurance. I love the Gusto so much. I don't even know how to tell you how much I love them. I um, think you're telling us pretty well. It sounds amazing. Well, and what's even better, like um, this is really cool. So they now have a service inside of Gusto for my employees that if they want to get paid sooner than I pay them, they can actually go ahead and get paid and they pay 1% interest on it, I think, or something like that. So if they need to get their money sooner, they can. And then, of course, I pair that with QuickBooks Online. And that's been great. And I don't have this on here in our show notes, but um, and I'm not quite ready to completely go there, but I'm starting to use T-sheets with that. So you can put in your hours into T-sheets. It'll automatically go into Gusto. And that automatically goes into QuickBooks. It's all automated. I'm So I'm working very hard on getting to a, a completely automated system for running my business. And I'm very excited that you know these tools are out there. Couldn't have been done years ago, right? Oh, for sure. I love QuickBooks Online. I use that as well. Well, this has been a great question from Sandy. Sandy, thank you so much. Uh, anytime we can geek out over tools, we're going to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And next up is Todd Giantasio. Todd and I met while taking Lewis Howell's School of Greatness program several years ago. His company, The Growth Suite, which you hear us talk about quite a bit, sponsors this podcast. So we appreciate you, Todd, and The Growth Suite for doing that. And he also hosts our website. He was also our guest back in episode number 23. We'll have the link to that in the show notes. So let's listen to Todd's question. Hey, Cammie and Madeline, this is Todd from The Growth Suite. Congratulations on your 100 episodes. It's so awesome. I have listened to everyone and don't plan on ever missing one that comes out. My question for you guys is that you both do so many amazing things and have so much going on. How do you keep yourself focused and disciplined on things that actually move you towards achieving your goals on a regular basis? Wow, Todd, thank you so much for that question. Such a great question too, because what it brings to mind for me is mindset, right? How do you... Yeah. How do you get focused and disciplined? And I don't know about you, but I often feel like things are slipping out of control. And so for me, a system is so important. And staying with the system, and when you fall off of the system, getting back on as quickly as possible. So for me, a system is really important. And that's why I use that Michael Hyatt full focus planner. What I love about it is it helps me to set you know, my annual goals And then from that, break them down into quarterly goals that get me to those annual goals. And then even breaking it down further, he has a thing called the weekly big three. And that's the three things, the three projects that you're going to get accomplished during that particular week. And sometimes my projects go over more than one week. You know, I'll have like pieces of them. But that weekly big three is so important because I tend to think I can do more than I can actually get done. Me too. Right? (laughs) I think it's a common problem with entrepreneurs. It's just a thing. And so because of that, it focuses me on what are the things that I must get done. And then I always realize that I can get more done if I want to. You know, you don't have to just stick with three, but get those three done first. And then you break them down into three things you have to do every single day to get to that goal. So, you know, a lot of things are projects. And that happened to me a lot. I'd I'd have this huge boulder sitting on my to-do list. 
you know, it would say something like create the communities that convert podcast, (laughs) (laughs) right? And that would have like a thousand tasks in it. But all that would be on my calendar was create the communities that convert podcast. And I find that by having these three per week and then three per day, it helps me to break them down into pieces so that you're eating the elephant one piece at a time, you know, for a lack of a better way of saying it. And so that's really helped me to just move things forward. Even if you're having a bad day, you're moving something forward. Yeah, I love that. That's super smart. Yeah. And then what I like is that at the end of the week, the planner wants you to do a weekly accountability and review. And you go back and you look at the three things you said you would do, you write them down, and it gives you from zero to 100% how much of a percentage of those did you actually get accomplished. And that really keeps you honest with yourself, you know, about where you are on things. And so I love that because even if something rides on that area for like, say, one, two, three weeks, I will get it done. And it could have been months before when I wouldn't get that particular task done because I was just thinking about it, you know, and thinking, gosh, this is large. I don't have enough space for this whole thing this week. (laughs) So break it down into the little pebbles really helped. And then, of course, having accountability partners is the next thing. And that's how you and I, Madeline, started out accountability partners. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, I I was looking for somebody to kind of help me stay accountable to my goals. It's such a great way to do this. Like if you want to stay on top of things and stay hyper focused, there's no better way than sharing these goals with someone. And by just saying it out loud, you feel like, oh my gosh, I got to do it because I just told this person I was going to do it. You know, you like, it's a, it's a gives you the strong sense of like, I have to do it now. I put it out there. Right. And then putting it on your calendar, it's so important. So for communities that convert, for example, we have a standing date Monday at two and Friday at two. And that's been on our calendar. And we, you know, change that around sometimes when we're on vacation or when we get ill or whatever happens. End up in the hospital. Yeah, like end up in the hospital. Um, We'll talk about that later. That's the tell all that we were talking about. (laughs) Madeline is better, which we're really happy. Yeah. Back with her appendix out, but that's okay. She's here and we've gotten forward and we only missed one episode because of it. And the only, I mean, one week because of it. A hundred episodes later, we have missed very few weeks right? Um, because of this uh, way of planning that we have. And so, you know, it works really well. It even, you know, gives you room for error, if you will. And that's, I think that's really important because we're human, right? We're all human. We're going to make errors. It's just part of who we are. And um, also I have a super tip. One of the things I really love to do is if I'm really having a hard time getting going sometimes in the morning on a specific task, I will open the application or the tab that I need to work on the night before. And then I just put my computer to sleep. And in the morning when I wake it up, it's right there in front of me. And you can just get started on that task right away. So I found that's really helpful, especially with one you're trying to avoid a little bit. It's really good one. That's a really awesome tip, Cami. I love that. It's such a great idea because you... you Put your computer back on and is ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, there's no downtime. Like, get your coffee, check your email, all that stuff. No, it's like, boom, get this thing done, and then you can go on to the next thing. The and there's stuff. also some Chrome extensions that are pretty cool. There's one called OneTab, which I've used. That's really neat. That just it's a way to kind of group together tabs on your browser to kind of help organize them. And uh, and there's some others uh, that you use, right? Right. Well, we were talking about GitTobi earlier on, and I have both right. GitTobi and OneTab on my computer. What I love about OneTab is if you have one of those issues with, I don't know, kudzu tabs, I mean, you know, where they just are out of control and you have 50 tabs open and you are just overwhelmed by that. And that would happen to me a lot. I'd have like 20, 30, 40 tabs open and I didn't want to close any of them because I didn't want to lose my place. 
So what I do now is I just close them all down to one tab. And then if I want to, I can go back and open them up, but it doesn't stop me from clearing the space. And then of course, get Toby. I told you I um, organize my bookmarks by topic or by project. That's really helpful too. So if I'm sitting down for communities that convert, I open up communities that convert and everything we need, our show notes, um, the, the folders for all the different drives, whether you know on Google Drive are all there. They're just right there. And so I can open them up as I need them. That's really smart. I love that. Now, I'm a big fan of writing out your goals, like, you know, put paper to pen, pen to paper, however you like to refer to it, and write it out and look at it every day. I mean, just have it nearby where you can see it and try to do at least one thing every day that brings you closer to your goals. That's what works for me with staying focused and disciplined is writing them out, having it nearby so you see it regularly and try really hard to do at least one thing that brings you closer. And a really popular way to, um, you know, really focus your mindset and get things done is doing what's called a six week sprint. And this is really mm-hmm. popular with, with a lot of these business leaders out there like Michael Hyatt that teach us how to best get things done. It's a total get things done kind of thing. And that's like a whole mm-hmm. thing. Boy, you could Google that, you know, GTD is like, it's a whole thing. But basically you, you have like a six week period to accomplish a goal. You know, you set out your goal and say, okay, six weeks is going to get done. And you do your daily to-do list every day and work to do everything you need to do to make this happen. So when you hit the six weeks, you've done it. And then you start your next six week sprint. And that is a really cool way to get things done. And I've done that. It works really well. So you know, a lot of different things you can do. I think Kimmy and I have shared a lot of really cool ways. And Todd, I hope this helps you out. Uh, I know you're all into mindset and being super focused and disciplined. You could probably teach us a few things as well. Mm -hmm. Certainly he could. (laughs) And has, and has really. So yeah. And another thing I want to tell you, which is sort of a a funny thing is I use this little thing called a friction pin. It's F-R-I-X-I-O-N. And when I'm writing in my um, notebook, I use this and you can actually erase this pen. It's so cool. Ooh. You write it in ink and then you turn it over and you just, it, it erases. So if you, I love writing with pens and I do have a pencil too that I write with, but this has been really great for me too, because I like writing in the pen and then I can erase things and, and do that. So going back to planning, you don't have to feel like it's written in blood. You know, you can buy some really cool stuff that's out there in the market right now that, that really helps you to plan in a fun way. So I love working with the friction pen. That's just my private joy. Our final question comes from Kyle Hetrick. Kyle is the volunteer community manager for our private Facebook group here at Communities That Convert Podcast. And he's also the owner of social media marketing firm IUBI. He has this question for us. Hey guys, my question for you is how much new content should you be creating versus how much evergreen content should you be constantly pushing out? Is there a ratio that you guys know that works best? Hey, Kyle, great question. I love talking about content. This is a really great one that I think people love to know more about. Now, people know me as a resource, so I'm always sharing a ton of content online. It's just what I do. I I love sharing content and I'll put out new content. I'll share other people's content. I repurpose a lot of content. Uh, You know, this year I started a whole new blog series of Twitter tips. And the key is to not just one time put that blog post out there like, you know, oh, let me go tweet it out. Let me go put it on Facebook. No, is to repurpose this content so it lives on so that people will see it over time and that you can change it up and change the headlines, change the text, do all kinds of things. So I've been 
experimenting with so many ways of doing this. I've been using uh, this method with a pen tweet and doing threads, making a threaded tweet, and then I keep adding to it for a few days, really having fun with that. So you want to try different things and see what works for you. So I'm, I'm a big fan of experimenting. So you know, Kimmy will talk about ratios with you, but I would just try different things, see what works for you. Now, I'm a big fan of using Tim Fargo's social jukebox. We had Tim Fargo on the podcast a while back. That was episode 46, where he talked about how to promote your evergreen content. It's a great listen if you haven't heard it already. But social jukebox is great for evergreen content. And what I do when I have my blog posts, when I have podcast show notes for this podcast and my Twitter Smarter podcast, Things that are just truly evergreen that does not expire, does not get old. I put in my social jukebox and what I do is I leave it in there indefinitely. But what I do is I go back into social jukebox periodically. Like I don't just totally set it and forget it. People do that. Don't do that. You know, do check back, periodically purge and make sure you put in fresh new content regularly if you're going to be utilizing evergreen content in this manner. But uh, yeah, that's my two cents. Kami, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I really love that because it is important to create content on a regular basis in order to to keep up with that thought leadership part, right? So you do have to continue to create new content because it's really important. So, But then once you've created that content, you need to go back and reshare it multiple times. So I love your tips there. And one of the things that we talk with our clients about at Zoetica Media we always teach them about the 80-20 rule. It's pretty popular in our circles, which is that you share other people's content 80% of the time and your own content 20% of the time. You can also use that for really anything too, like your new content, your old content. You know, how much should you share of each one of continue to be sharing all of that stuff? So also, one of the things you should be thinking about is having a funnel, a content funnel that takes people back to a specific page where they're going to either buy something or become part of a course or a program or whatever it is you do for Zoetica, we should be you know, driving people back to try to come work with us. And when you have a funnel set up, what you want to do is continually run content that's different that gets people to that content, to that funnel so that they sign up. And different people will have different things that interest them. We have a really great online course that we've put together with Lindsay Miranda from Hello Bar about how to build an evergreen funnel to capture leads. And so if you don't know how to do that, we have the link to that in the show notes, including also the link to Tim Fargo's um, social jukebox episode. So we recommend that you also think about that. You know, what is it you're driving people to do with all of this content? So maybe a little bit deeper question than you asked, but the 80-20 rule really works for most things. It comes from the Pareto principle, which is that, you know, 20% of the people do most of the work and 20% of the content works the best for you. So, you know, kind of that principle you see it throughout all kinds of marketing and business applications. And you know what? I want to throw in there because I love what you're saying, Kimmy. This is really great stuff. And I hope everybody's mm-hmm. taking notes with this because this is very valuable information. But your content needs to have purpose. Like don't just put out content to put out content. A lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a big mistake. Make sure there's a purpose. Like Kimmy was saying before, like have it go redirect back to your website or to some kind of funnel, some kind of lead magnet, something and not every piece of content, of course, but you know, make sure everything you put out has a purpose behind it. Yeah, either, either it's building your thought leadership, or it's um, moving somebody toward a sale with you, or it's helping people for sure. That should yep. be the, the really the key to it, right? Is that whatever you put out there is really about the people that you're serving it to rather than yourself. But it should have a purpose that brings it back. Because I mean, you can be 
the most helpful person in the world and be broke. That's right. It happens all the time in our oh, yeah. field. So, so don't worry. But you know, if you're out there giving great information, people want you to make a living. It's really okay. It really is. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, I know you didn't ask that question exactly, Kyle, but that's I kind of where I went with that in my brain. The last thing we want to talk about, which I think is really key to what you asked, is um, an episode that we put out, episode 24. I mean, it was way back in the beginning about reusing, recycling, and repurposing your content. That was like one of our most popular episodes. It was. That is one of our most popular ones. And it was great stuff we shared. So if you guys have not heard it, go back to episode 24. You will not be sorry. No, you won't. And we came up with 16 ways that you could reuse, recycle, and repurpose your content. So there's got to be. In one of those 16, there's got to be something in there that'll be super useful for you. So we hope you'll go back and listen to that. For the sake of time, I'm not going to rehash all 16 for this question. But you know, some of the things are really about taking content and chopping it up into smaller pieces and reserving it again. So definitely look at that. I mean, in my house, we do a lot of leftovers. I don't know about you, but you know, I have a, a family of five here and we eat and we uh, chop all that stuff up and then we make different meals. It's really awesome. I mean, it's the same principle here, right? You can take this stuff and reserve it in a way that's attractive and amazing. So um, yeah, that's, that's it. I hope that answers your question, Kyle. Yeah, great question, Kyle. Thanks for asking. We shared a lot of cool things in this episode, our 100th episode. Kami, congratulations. What an honor that that we've made it this far and that we have such a great community of people that love listening to this podcast. We thank you all so much for being on this journey with us, for tuning in, for being in our Facebook group. If you're not in our Facebook group, come hang out with us. And uh, you can easily do that by going to communitiesatconvert.com slash group. That will get you right to it. Yep. And so we're really excited to be here at 100th episode. We know that this has all to do with our listeners. You guys have really been supportive and love what we've been up to. So we appreciate you being here every week and showing up for this. So thanks a lot. And if your question was not answered today and you're like, gosh, I missed my opportunity, go on over to our Facebook group and we have a announcement post there from this. And you can feel free to leave a SpeakPipe, which is another tool we use called SpeakPipe, a message for us anytime. And we'd be happy to answer your question here on the podcast. So we love that. And we're going to kind of put it into our, our rotation. So we're very yeah. excited for that, right? Yes, and for so, sure. Uh, yep. We'll see you next week. And what's the, link, wait, what's the link to that oh. SpeakPipe? SpeakPipe.com slash CTC. Okay. SpeakPipe.com slash CTC. CTC. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from The Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's sweet spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. 
Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Thank you.